Lecture topic: The Light of Taqwa. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi al-ladhin astafa. Amma ba'du fa'auzu billahi min al-shaytan al-rajim. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا اتَّقُوا اللَّهَ وَلْتَنْظُرْ نَفْسٌ مَا قَدَّمَتْ لِغَدٍ وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ إِنَّ اللَّهَ خَبِيرٌ بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ صَدَقَ اللَّهُ الْعَظِيمُ ayat of the Quran Sharif is very well known and one of the special aspects of this ayat is that in this one ayat two times in this very short ayat twice Allah Ta'ala gives us the command of taqwa Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu taqullah O you who believe Adopt taqwa. Fear Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. Be conscious of Allah ta'ala. Waltanzur nafsum ma qaddamat lighad. And every soul should see what he has sent ahead for tomorrow. And then again Allah ta'ala says, Wattaqullah. Fear Allah, inna Allah khabirun bima ta'amalun. Allah ta'ala is all aware of what you do. So Allah is saying to us that adopt taqwa and this inculcating of taqwa, the first injunction of ittaqullah is ittaqullah bi imtisali awamirihi by fulfilling all the commands of Allah Ta'ala. Whatever Allah Ta'ala has commanded that should be done by completing the do's and then further down Allah Ta'ala again says ittaqullah by refraining from what Allah Ta'ala has forbidden. So taqwa entails both these aspects. Doing what Allah Ta'ala has commanded and refraining from what Allah Ta'ala has forbidden. When both these things are in place, then taqwa is achieved. And if one of the two is in place, then our Hazrat Ahmadullah used to give the example of the light that the light comes on when both the positive and the negative wires are both in place the positive wire mashallah is in place all fitted in well but the negative wire is not in place it's not connected the light is not going to come on so likewise for the light of taqwa to be switched on the positive wire of fulfilling the commands of Allah Ta'ala and the negative wire of refraining from what Allah Ta'ala has forbidden. Both these wires have to be in place. And in all the departments of life, whether it is the ibadat, whether it is muamalat, monetary dealings, whether muasharat, social life, whether in terms of a person's akhlaq, in all these aspects, bringing both these parts of the requirements of taqwa in place, 
doing what Allah Ta'ala has commanded, refraining from what Allah Ta'ala has forbidden, then the light of taqwa will come on. And when the light of taqwa comes on, then all the promises that Allah Ta'ala has mentioned in the Qur'an Sharif for taqwa will all be achieved. The one who has taqwa, Allah promises ease in every matter. The one who adopts taqwa, Allah Ta'ala grants him a solution out of every problem. Allah Ta'ala will grant him a solution to every problem. Grant him sustenance and risk from sources he cannot imagine. All being promised on taqwa. So now this is the command of taqwa at the beginning and again towards the end of this ayat. Twice in this one ayat Allah Ta'ala has given us the command of taqwa. And in between Allah Ta'ala says وَالْتَنْزُرْ نَفْسٌ مَا قَدَّمَتْ لِغَدٍ Every person should see what he has sent ahead for tomorrow. What tomorrow? The tomorrow of the hereafter. So what we are being taught in this is that look, this is the requirement. Taqwa. Both ends right at the beginning, ittaqullah, towards the end again, ittaqullah. This is the emphasis. That the life has to be run on taqwa. But to achieve this taqwa, one very important aspect is that for every person to keep checking, not a, it's not a once-off thing. is a continuous requirement. And this is what the Mashaikh term as muhasaba. That a person has to constantly be making muhasaba that what have I sent ahead for tomorrow? Now how will he be able to ascertain what he has sent ahead for tomorrow? He must keep checking what he did yesterday. Yesterday meaning the day that passed. Doesn't necessarily mean yesterday in reality. But the day that has passed. Because when it's tomorrow, then what he did yesterday is going to be what's going to be impacting on that tomorrow. So while he's still in dunya, if he has developed this habit of muhasaba, of taking stock of his day, at the end of the day, taking stock of his day. A wise businessman regularly takes stock, see what's going on, how things are progressing, are there any losses happening, and if some loss is taking place, there's some hole in the system, then to be able to pick it up in time, and then to do what is necessary to stop that loss that is taking place, any wise businessman constantly is taking stock. Allah forbid if that business fails, the thing is that in dunya if that business fails, then many a person that failed and then he restarted, and sometimes he restarted and he be, it worked out even better than the first time around. But the difference here is in this business of Akhirat, once that opportunity has gone, life has come to an end, and the person has moved into the Akhirat, there's no second chance. Then if he discovered he was in a major loss, 
Why was he in a major loss? Because he wasn't checking what did he send ahead for tomorrow. And how was he going to be able to know what he's sending ahead for tomorrow? By looking back, what did I do yesterday? By making muhasaba, scanning the day, did I perform all my salah? Was it done with jama'ah? Or was it just by the way, what was the quality in that salah? Did I make some tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, Allah Ta'ala's kalam after all? I've been reading so many things and spending so much of time on social media and so much of time and futile things. Did I read Allah Ta'ala's kalam? Did I take Allah Ta'ala's name? How many times? What about the sacrifices that Rasulullah made so that I could be blessed with Iman? Have I recited Duru Sharif upon him? How many times did I recite? Muhasaba. Taking an account, taking stock of oneself. What did I do for the day? All the ibadat, salah, and besides the faraiz, the wajibat, sunnat muakkada, and then not stopping there, sunnat ghair muakkada also, and then nafil. Nobody says that the nafil is farz, but in terms of other things in day to day life, we want the nafil also. When it comes to our food, we want all the nawafil, we want the mustahabbat and everything we want. And some of those mustahabbat are missing, that too becomes an issue. So nobody then says, but this is just nafil now, let it be, what's the need to have all this? But for Allah Ta'ala, if we just do the faraiz only and that too haphazardly, it is as if we did Allah Ta'ala a favor. So now when will this happen? When there is regular muhasaba. Not just in ibadat only, but everything in life. How did I complete my ibadat? What much, how much more did I do? I've been doing the same thing now for years. What more now? Am I just going to carry on just in a routine? Like, plus done. With dunya, I'm not content with anything just happening the way it is. I always want something more. I want to try and grow the business. And I'll try to look for a better prospect somewhere. Some job that will give me more. And I'm always looking for something more in terms of dunya. What about more in terms of deen? What next step now to take? And then my mu'amalat, how has my dealings been today? Has everything in the way that Allah Ta'ala is pleased with it? Or have I cut some corners somewhere? And the mu'asharat, my interaction with people today, how was that? What was the manner of interaction with everybody around me? Was it in a way that Allah Ta'ala is pleased? Or did I just conduct myself anyhow, speak to anybody anyhow, say things that broke people's hearts, did things that were mean sometimes? So Allah Ta'ala at the end of the ayat says, Wallahu khabirum bima ta'amalun. Allah is all aware. Insan might not know. I might say something and make it appear to be that, well, I meant something else, but meanwhile it was calculated. But Allah Ta'ala knows what's, what's going on in my heart. I can claim that, no, I meant something else, but Allah Ta'ala knows what I meant and what I said. So now in between is this aspect of, وَالْتَنْزُرْ نَفْسٌ مَا قَدَّمَتْ لِغَدْ And what this is teaching us is this muhasaba. To take this account of ourselves. We find this was a very salient quality in all the aslaf, the sahaba kiram, 
and those who followed them, the Tabi'een and the Awliya of the Ummat in general, and all the people who had some understanding of where they're heading to. So this was a regular feature. This was a standard thing in their lives, Muhasaba. On the one side, they excelled not just in the Farais and Wajibad, far beyond that. They excelled in their Nawafil as well. They excelled in all departments of Deen. But with that was this Muhasaba, very, very fine inspection of themselves. Imam Abu Yusuf, the very prominent student of Imam Abu Hanifa, it was his practice that he would perform 200 rakats nafil every night. 200 rakats of nafil every night. And this was not a isolated thing in that zamana. This was a very prominent thing, meaning something commonly found. Imam Ahmad bin Hamal rahmatullah alayhi make 500 rakats of nafil. And after he was mercilessly beaten in the prison because he did not compromise on the truth and he was not prepared to change what was correct so after that very severe torture now he couldn't manage that amount it came down to either 100 rakats or 200 rakats and that he was beaten in such a way and whooped in such a way see if an elephant had to be beaten like that it would have died now because of that severe torture, he was not physically able, so now it came less. So on the one side, 200 rakats of nafil every night. And they weren't, uh, this was an, maybe a holiday or something. They didn't know the concept of holiday. The concept of holiday didn't exist in that zamana. This was a daily thing. And the whole day in his responsibilities, he was Qazi Al-Quzad, the Chief Justice, Chief Justice in charge of all the judges of the time, and teaching and engaged in so many aspects of Khidmat of Deen, and then together with that, this was how his night was spent. Now it is his last moments of life, and he is very concerned. Somebody asked him, but you are so worried, what is going on? that one particular incident is worrying me. Now this cannot happen that a person in that last moment of life only just suddenly something just happened. It can only happen if that was his constant practice, something that was part of his life. Because the last moments of life reflect what kind of life was a person. The kind of life a person lives, that is the kind of death he has. That last part of life reflects what kind of life he had. And in the last part of life he's making muhasaba. And he's saying, no, the one incident is worrying me. What is that incident worrying you? He says that once there was a case that came to me. On the one side was Amirul Mu'mineen, the Khalifa of the time, Harun Rashid, the king of the time. And the other side was the claimant was just an ordinary subject of his. And the subject laid a claim against the Khalifa of the time regarding some property or whatever it was. So now when this case came up, and when I realized that on the one side is the Khalifa, on the other side is this very ordinary subject of his, the thought came in my mind that I hope that the Khalifa is right. 
so that I can then obviously, if he's right, then I'll pass judgment in his favor. The thought came that I hope he's right. Eventually, having heard the case, that person was right. And the judgment was passed in favor of the subject against the king. So 100% justice was carried out. So nothing was done against the dictates of justice. But now in these last moments of life, he's saying, I'm very worried that why did I entertain that thought at that time, that desire that I hope that the king is right. Because they were both now in court. It was the claimant and the person now he's claiming against. I should not have had any hope that who's right and wrong. I must just listen to the facts of the matter. But now I at that time entertained this thought, I hope this person is right. Though at the end of the day he wasn't right, the judgment was passed against him. Now subhanallah, such a fine comb he's going through his amal with. That one thought, whereas the thought now didn't have any impact on anything. That didn't affect the judgment in any way. But making muhasaba even of that thought. So if a person is making muhasaba of that thought also, what muhasaba he must have been making about his words? And what muhasaba he must have been making about his actions. Now this muhasaba, وَالْتَنْزُرْ نَفْسٌ مَا قَدَّمَتْ لِغَدٍ When there is this regular muhasaba, what it creates is fikr. And if this fikr is there, this is the lifeblood of a mu'min, of his spirituality. This is the oxygen that keeps him going in terms of his spiritual state. And if this fikr dies, بِفِكْرِ مُؤْمِنْ ki maut hai. This basically, this lack of fikr, lack of concern, what I did, what I said, what I didn't do, I should have been doing it, but I didn't do it. I didn't do it, so what? I missed my salah with jama'ah, so what? It became qaza, I'll make it later, doesn't matter. Like nothing happened. I said something which hurt somebody, well, it's part of life. Did something which cut some corners in terms of muamalat, everybody does this. So that became license for me to do it, because everybody does it. This is the way it happens now. These are the kind of statements people make. Well, this is how business is done nowadays. In other words, this is, everybody is corrupt, so I must be corrupt also. That too is a very big allegation that everybody is corrupt. We might have had an experience with two, three people. Now we made a blanket judgment on everyone. And made everybody corrupt. That was just the shaitani bait for us to become corrupt. They put it in our head, now everybody is corrupt, now But now when this figure is not there, and when figure is not there, it never remains at that point. It will constantly keep sliding. If the person must be salah with jama'ah and there was no figure about it, then in short time he will be making that salah qaza. It might be within days that that salah is going to become qaza. Because there was no figure when jama'ah got must, this will happen. The person spoke something and it became some, something not really vulgar, but it wasn't right either. And it didn't bother him. And then if this pattern continues, soon he's going to be talking vulgarities. Soon he's going to be talking vulgarities. Somebody keeps calling others first stupid, then it will carry on to something further. 
eventually it will be completely vulgar. It will happen. It will keep sliding. Because there is no fikr. That one thing carries on, then he becomes, so to say, immune to it. Then that becomes like nothing. Recently, once upon a time, when sometimes a person would now come to discuss his matters and so on, so he might say, like, you know, I have a smoking habit too, you know, I'm smoking so many cigarettes a day. And that too will be with some sense of little embarrassment that now I need to get over it, it's not a good habit, it's something that I need to stop. There will be some sense of it, but now it wasn't something that generally people felt very, very, uh, like something out of this world to mention it. It was mentioned, but there was some sense of embarrassment in it too. But now what it has come to? So recently somebody, obviously just for the sake of Ibrat, we discussing this, he came to discuss something, to ask for some. So very casually, he says, well, look, I, I take this Dakha now, but I'm not on other things. So this is big. So this is like what used to be one time, once upon a time, I was like, you know, he smoked some cigarettes. He's not anything else. So now this has taken that level. So this is fine. If I was on some other heavy things, then that was a problem. So I'm not on that. So now this became fine. Now this is how this bare fikri way takes it. On one level, it falls and it keeps falling. And then when it keeps falling, that too a person becomes immune to. He doesn't think anything about that too. So this basically is a very, very dangerous matter. That a person now is not doing what he's supposed to do and there's no concern about it. He's doing things he shouldn't be doing and there's no concern about it. So now how is this concern going to come alive again? Well, tanzur nafsum ma qaddamat lighad. Every person should be seeing what has he sent ahead for tomorrow. And how he's going to be checking that? What did I do yesterday? Then I'll know what I sent ahead for tomorrow. And when this muhasaba will come alive, then now some figure will come. In the lives of the salaf, the lives of the pious predecessors, you'll find together with muhasaba was then mu'ataba. Muhasaba, they took an account of themselves. They checked what they did. How did they speak? What did they do? How did they speak? One Buzrug, he came to visit one Muhaddis. One great Muhaddis of the time, he went to visit him. So now when he went to visit him, it was after Asr. So he knocked on the door, so that person's son came. So he said, I've come to visit so he said, he is sleeping. He said, he is sleeping? Is this the time to be sleeping? And he turned around and started walking away. So now, in any case, he was a pious person too. So the people of the house, they quickly sent this boy, please go run behind him and ask him, must we wake him up? Muhaddis was now taking a rest at that time. Go ask him, should we wake him up? So now this person went to go and call him or ask him, and he, for a long time he was gone, he didn't come back, it was now almost sun, sunset. When he returned, it was almost sunset. He said, you took so long to come, we asked you to just go and check and find out whether we should wake him up. He says, by the time I caught up with him, he had already gone into the Qabristan that was close by. And when I reached there, he was busy chastising himself. 
So what business you had to ask this question? Is it something that concerns you? Is it something that's not possible that the person had a need to be taking a rest at that time because he was not well, for example? Or there could have been so many reasons why he was sleeping at that time. What business you had to ask this kind of question? Is this the time to sleep? Was it something that you had any right to do? Where's your sense of any shame? And he says he was going on and on with this. And eventually he was saying to himself that now you need to be punished for this. So for one year I'm not going to allow you to sleep at night. You'll remain awake in Ibadat. Now can we imagine one statement came out. Now that statement wasn't the one that Muhasaba, he made Muhasaba in his mind. Why did I do this? That Muhasaba brought about Mu'ataba. Mu'ataba, he started chastising himself. Sat for a while. And for a good long while, he's like, how oh, somebody now, somebody else does something wrong, then we can't stop scolding the person. Sometimes that thing is requiring some reprimand. That reprimand, in half a minute, sometimes one minute is sufficient. But ten minutes also doesn't fulfill us. It goes on and on and on because now we get something out of it. But now just, that is always only reserved for others. But have we sat down to chastise ourselves? After having taken stock of what I did and didn't do? And sit down and chastise ourselves? That weighs your shame. This is how you conduct yourself. This is what you do. This is what you speak. In the presence of others, this is how you conduct yourself. And privacy, what you're up to. What is your akhlaq? Talking to oneself. And then after the mu'ataba, there was mu'aqaba. Muhasaba, then mu'ataba, chastising himself. And then mu'aqaba, punishing himself. So now one year you're going to make ibadat whole night. He brought pressure on his nafs. Brought pressure on his nafs, because that is how the nafs then comes online. Until that nafs is not put under pressure, that now you must your fajr salah. So now what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I'll have breakfast and go to work now. So then, the next day he won't even bother about the qazatu. But if he chastised himself and then he made amends and put pressure on his nafs, that today you'll go to work without breakfast. Must your salah with jama'ah, today you'll go to work without breakfast. Because there was neglect involved here. This wasn't something that was beyond your control. So now when that mu'aqaba will come, he'll put some pressure on his nafs. And generally this is more effective when this is done with mashwara. That is when it is more effective. Otherwise sometimes a person will appease himself, I did what I was supposed to do. Whereas what he's doing is not really effective. Because he's self-prescribing. When a doctor also gets ill, one of the principles is he must not self-medicate. He must consult another doctor. The self-medication is a problem. A sick person's judgment is also ill. So now the muhasaba, then the mu'ataba, chastising himself. And then on top of that, the mu'aqaba. Now when he keeps doing this, this keeps creating fikr. And now he becomes very acutely conscious. Well, tanzur nafsum ma qaddamat li ghad. 
that check what have I sent ahead for tomorrow. Why? Because every day is checking what I did yesterday. What I did today. How I spent my day. What I did. What should I have been doing. So this is the process by which a person then progresses. And every time he's doing this, he will start becoming very conscious of his weaknesses. He'll become very conscious of what he is lacking in. He'll become conscious of the quality of his ibadat. Because now he's going to be making muhasaba of this also. I performed my salah, yes I performed it, alhamdulillah, Allah says But how I performed it? Was it done calmly? Was it done haphazardly? How was it done? What is the quality in it? He's going to become conscious about both sides of things. Did I ill-treat anybody? Oh, inna lillah, how I spoke to my parents today? How did I speak to my children? Or my neighbor for that matter? Or others around me? And also if, alhamdulillah, that didn't happen, that's a very great na'mad that I didn't speak badly to anybody. But did I do any good for anyone today? Some act of kindness and bringing some happiness to the heart of someone. Did I do that today? No, I didn't do it. I lost out. This was a great opportunity. There were times I could have done something, brought some happiness to the heart of people around me. People within my own home, people around me, people my neighbors, people in the masjid. And it starts off with The Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah gives the virtue of Sadaqah. Sadaqah is a very, very virtuous thing. But in this also, Nabi says, Start off with those who are closest to you. Those whom you are responsible for. First take care of their needs. Your own family and children take care of their needs first. Now this is a principle that in all aspects of kindness, goodness, start off with those who are closest to us. This is the first place. And don't leave others out as well. So this muhasaba then brings about, when this muhasaba is coupled with this muataba of then chastising oneself and then muaqaba, putting some pressure on that nafs and some punishment on oneself all this together now creates that fikr now I can't carry on like this, I need to change, I need to sort this out I need to improve in this matter I need to stop the wrong, I need to get rid of this whatever I am doing on the phone and all the other things, whatever this is taking me away from Allah Ta'ala I am appeasing my nafs and giving all kinds of excuses to myself, but how long? Allah Ta'ala is away. Wallahu khabirun bima ta'amadun. This ayat finishes off all these ayat endings. These are called tazheel. These are very, very significant. Allah Ta'ala's kalam it is after all. And Allah Ta'ala's kalam, no word is just there by chance. Every word is filled with meaning. And every ayat that finishes off, somewhere wallahu khabirun bima ta'amadun. Somewhere wallahu ala kulli shayin qadir. And somewhere, Allahu Ghafurur Rahim, it is very, very directly linked to what is preceding it. And here Allah Ta'ala is repeatedly telling us, Taqwa, Taqwa. And Taqwa is all, At Taqwa Hahuna. Nabi Islam once pointed to his heart. And he said, Taqwa is really inside here. Outside, anybody can make an appearance of anything. But Allah Ta'ala is seeing what's inside. Allahu Khabirum Bima Ta'amanoon. Allah is aware of what you do. We can hide certain things from insan, but we can't hide anything from Allah Ta'ala. 
So our entire focus and object is how to become the true servants of Allah wa ta'ala, to become the beloved of Allah wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala grant us his muhabbat and make us his beloved. But the prescription Allah ta'ala has given, Allah ta'ala has given the prescription of taqwa. And that prescription of taqwa, the manner in which to build it up, is this what has been given to us in between. Every person should check what he's sending, this muhasaba, and then together with it mu'ataba and mu'aqaba. And if this doesn't happen, this basically sets in, person becomes unconcerned, then Allah Ta'ala speaks to us and says, وَلَا تَكُونُوا كَالَّذِينَ نَسُوا اللَّهِ فَأَنْسَاهُمْ أَنفُسَهُمْ أُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْفَاسِقُونَ Don't become like those who forgot Allah Ta'ala, basically, lack of concern. So now they forgot Allah Ta'ala. Forgot Allah Ta'ala? They forgot Allah is watching. Allah Ta'ala knows. I can pretend and do things to, and twist and turn sometimes things, for people's sake, I can't bluff Allah Ta'ala. So he forgot Allah Ta'ala. Forgot Allah Ta'ala's commands. So now, when he forgot Allah Ta'ala, وَلَا تَكُونُوا كَالَّذِينَ نَسُوا اللَّهِ فَأَنْسَاهُمْ أَنفُسَهُمْ Allah Ta'ala made them forget themselves. Forgot themselves. Forgot why they're here in dunya. Person now thinks I'm just here in dunya to just make merry and time will pass and then I'll carry on. Person forgot why he's in dunya and that what obligations Allah Ta'ala has placed upon him. He forgets all those obligations. Then he forgets what are his responsibilities towards people around him. He forgot hukukullah. He forgets hukukul ibad as well. And then life just becomes meaningless. Person just goes in one routine and Allah forbid suddenly time is up. And how much we are seeing this today in this zamana that we are in that how often person who is walking healthy, fit, suddenly we are gone. And this was always the case, but the number of times we are being given this reminder in the recent past, it has never perhaps been like this ever before. That so many reminders daily, so many reminders daily, repeatedly. One person this morning was saying, MashaAllah is helping and to assist in janazas and so on, because unfortunately many times, Hardly anybody is there to take care of whatever the necessary responsibilities are to bury the deceased, etc. So he had, there was a call or the message came, so he went to attend the janaza, helped out with it, barely reached home, there was a second janaza, again another message went for that, and came back and there was a third janaza he went for. Now this is a daily reminder, forget daily reminder, repeated daily reminder. So now what lesson have we taken from this reminder? We call it a reminder. A reminder reminds a person to do something. So a person says, no, please remind me to get this work done. So somebody reminded him, and next day they asked him that what happened. He said, no, no, you gave me the reminder, but I didn't do it. So what was the use of giving you the reminder then? Allah is giving us this reminder also. Every day, repeatedly. What lesson we took from it? For example, just one example, we hear about moth repeatedly, daily. 
Now this is also sometimes just people we are familiar with or we know, to, know about. Allah knows best how many others also have passed away we don't know about. Because we are not familiar with the person. But now this lesson what it gave us. One lesson for example, have we sat down to make sure that we have a will in place, Islamic will. One is a person doesn't have anything to make any wasiyat about, nothing to record, nothing to state. Then too is mustahab to have a will. But if there are things to make known, then it is compulsory to have a will. There's debts, he has, he's owing people money, and if he's gone suddenly, it's not recorded anywhere, it might never be known. And now people are going to come and ask, you say, but we got no proof. And he says, but I also got no proof. He says, well, sorry, we can't do anything. Whose head is it going to be on? So now, generally everybody has got something to state. Have we made a will? We've got Qaza Salah left. Have we started making that up? We have no idea what's left of our life. But now this should have been prompting us to get all these things in order. There might be some other monetary ibadat that got left out somewhere. Some zakat didn't get fulfilled completely. Some qurbani got missed out somewhere. It was wajib upon us. So now to start taking stock. And seeing what's outstanding. I need to get all this in order quickly. Life, life is ticking away. Allah knows best whether I'll see tomorrow or not. So now this is also part of this muhasaba and checking where I'm short. And then now quickly putting a program in place to make amends, to cover up whatever has gone short. And in this way inshallah, Allah Ta'ala will then make it possible that a person discharges all his responsibilities and duties. And if suddenly our life has now come to an end in dunya, inshallah we meet Allah wa ta'ala in a way that all our responsibilities, obligations have been fulfilled. Allah Ta'ala is happy to meet us, we are happy to meet Him. So the very fundamental aspect in this ayat of the Qur'an Sharif is the prescription to acquiring this taqwa. And that is, وَالْتَنْزُرْ نَفْسٌ مَا قَدَّمَتْ لِغَدٍ This constant muhasaba and then sitting down, giving dedicated time daily. Even if it's two, three minutes, at the end of the day, making muhasaba, and sometimes it might even be useful, sitting with maybe somebody in the family, somebody at home, let us make muhasaba for a day together. Okay, what did we do? Did we perform our salah today? But how it was done? Salah with jama'ah, etc. Tilawat, did we make our tilawat today? Did we make our tasbihat zikr? And did we do anything that shouldn't have been done? This helps one another. وَتَعَاوَنُوا عَلَى الْبِرِّ وَالتَّقْوَىٰ Allah Ta'ala says, assist one another in acts of virtue and righteousness. وَلَا تَعَاوَنُوا عَلَى الْإِثْمِ وَالْعُدْوَانِ Don't assist one another in acts of sin and in acts of transgression. Oh, no, that's not what a mu'min does. A mu'min assists one another in righteousness. If somebody is helping us towards some righteousness by reminding us, guiding us, that's something to be very grateful for. Sometimes it might be maybe our spouses that are reminding us about something, sometimes our parents, sometimes our children. Not something to take offense about, something to be very grateful. Who are you to tell me? I'm your father or you my father? No, no, by you are my son, Jazakallah. What you told me was necessary for me. So if somebody is telling us what is right, somebody is telling us what is good for us, we should be wholeheartedly taking it. If that son has to come and give us, Abba, this is a million rand for you. We'll say, you the father or I'm the father. I'm supposed to be giving you. You take it back, I'll come tomorrow with a million rand. No father will say that. 
He said, you are really a son. I wish all other sons also could learn. But if the son said, please, by your whole akhirat is in stake, you must see your salah. So you the father, I'm the father. So the whole concept has gone upside down. So we should be very grateful if somebody is helping us. In this way, we should be making our own muhasaba as well, helping one another also, and becoming conscious of Allah Ta'ala, and doing what Allah Ta'ala wants from us. Allah Ta'ala give us all the tawfiq. وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا عَنِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا ربي صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله لا إله إلا الله 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 لا إله إلا الله
forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahumma khfirli ummati Sayyidina Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahumma arham ummata Sayyidina Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahumma hadi ummata Sayyidina Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahumma khfillana wali walidayna wali asatizatina wali mashaikhina. ولأحبابنا ولمن له حق علينا ولمن أحسن إلينا ولمن أوصانا بالدعاء اللهم اغفر لأزواجنا وذرياتنا وإخوتنا وأخواتنا وأزواجهم وذرياتهم وأعزتنا وأقاربنا ولتلامذتنا ولتلامذيهم ولجميع المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات الأحياء منهم والأموات إنك سميع قريب مجيب الدعوات إله العالمين يا الله شو يا مغفرة الأمة يا الله شو يا رحمة الأمة يا الله remove the pain and suffering and hardships of the أمة يا الله إله العالمين grant عافية توان الله يا الله remove all the diseases and illnesses يا الله إله العالمين grant شفاء توان الله يا الله إله العالمين grant complete عافية يا الله from every kind of trial and tribulation and hardship يا الله إله العالمين يا الله save us from trials and tests يا الله الله we are too weak يا الله الله don't put us to test يا الله إله العالمين grant us عافية in our deen, Ya Allah. Grant us afiyat in our dunya, Ya Allah. Grant us afiyat in qabr and akhirat, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, Ya Allah. Keep us steadfast on iman and Islam, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, save us from all the deviations, Ya Allah. Save us from all the isms, Ya Allah. Save us from the traps of nafs and shaitan, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, only with your protection can we be saved, Ya Allah. Allah, don't leave us to ourselves, Ya Allah. Allahumma la taqilna ila anfusina tarfata'in. اللهم لا تكلنا إلى أنفسنا طرفة عين فإنك إن تكلنا إلى أنفسنا تكلنا إلى ضعف وذنب وعورة وخطيئة إله العالمين يا الله يكيب استدفاس ونمان يا الله إله يسيب قادس وتكتس يا الله قراندس التوفيق وفرفاميك وفائف تهل سلاو الجماع يا الله قراندس خشوء الخضوء وسلاة يا الله قراندس التوفيق وفرفاميك السلاة التي يوم بليز بدي يا الله Enable us to recite the Quran شريف daily يا الله Enable us to make your ذكر daily يا الله Enable us to talk to you in dua daily يا الله إله save us from all the futile things يا الله Save us from all the haram things Ya Allah, save us from all the deviations Ya Allah, save us from all the aspects of that nafs and shaitan are trying to drag us into Ya Allah, Ilahu al-alameen Ya Allah Allah grant us your muhabbat Ya Allah fill our hearts with your muhabbat Ya Allah fill our hearts with your muhabbat Ya Allah Ilahu al-alameen, remove the love of dunya from our hearts Ya Allah, remove the love of the ego from our hearts Ya Allah remove the pride, the arrogance, the malice the jealousy from our hearts Ya Allah fill our hearts with all the noble qualities Ya Allah Allah fill our hearts with compassion and kindness Ya Allah, fill our hearts with love for one and all, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, Ya Allah. And all those who are sick, give them complete shifa and afiyat, Ya Allah. Those who are in any kind of difficulties and hardships, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Allah grant barakat in each one's risk, Ya Allah. Grant halal and tayyib risk, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, Ya Allah. Those who are in debt, Ya Allah, make their debt get paid out with ease and afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, Ya Allah. All those who, Ya Allah, have passed away. Allah, make their complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Fill their qabrs with noor, Ya Allah. Raise the stages in the akhirat, Ya Allah. Grant sabr jameel to their families and near and dear ones, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, grant himmat and courage to one and all, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, at the time of our mouth, take us with la ilaha illallah. Muhammadur Rasulullah. Allah, take us on iman and kamil, Ya Allah. Take us on tawbat and nasuh, Ya Allah. Allah, take us at the time you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from a bad death, Ya Allah. Grant us death of perfect iman, Ya Allah. Make our covered gardens of Jannah first, Ya Allah. 
grant us a shafaat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah give us jannatul firdaus without any reckoning. Ya Allah, ilahul alameen, ya Allah. Allah, all those who asked us to make dua for them, all those who have raised their hands to this dua, Allah, fulfill each one's needs from the ghayb, ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, ya Allah. Remove each one's difficulties and hardships, ya Allah. Grant sukoon and itminan to each one, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah. Allah, you grant muhabbat and afiyat among all, ya Allah. Unite the hearts of spouses, ya Allah. Unite the hearts of parents and children, ya Allah. Unite the hearts of brothers and sisters, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of families, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of communities, Ya Allah. Unite the ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, unite the entire ummah on Haq, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Whatever we have asked for, Ya Allah, grant it to us, Ya Allah. What we should have been asking and did not ask, Ya Allah, grant us that as well, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Wa na'udhu bika min sharri ma sa'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa حبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين الحمد لله